Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Another... Week has gone with sports being null and void, with sports basically ceasing to exist. And, you know, I was thinking about this maybe about 20, 25 minutes before I got on the air. It feels like years, years since I last watched the sporting event live. And I'm not talking about one of these classic games that I've stumbled upon I'm not talking about, you know, Game 7 of the 2001 World Series. I'm not talking about Game 5, 95 against the Mariners. I'm talking about a real, live, living color type sporting event. Been a long time coming. And it's two and a half weeks. What in the world am I going to be saying if it's two months, three months, four months? What are you guys going to be saying? I have no idea. But that's the reality that we are faced with at this point, folks. It's not a pleasant one. I mean, think about my weekend. Listen, made the best of it, spent quality time with the lady, but if you would have told me three weeks ago that my weekend would consist of finding anything to watch on Hulu and Netflix, binging the entirety of Love is Blind, that's right, I am proud to say that I went through start to finish, Love is Blind, I'm probably going to do Tiger King next, I'm going to go through Ozark with I actually want to watch and what I actually want to go through, but you get my drift. If it is available on Netflix, I'm watching. If I'm doing my research, you know, I'm taking an online class for free because, you know what, might as well enrich the mind, might as well pass the time along. I'm doing that. I'm doing a little bit of reading. I got some sports books coming to the apartment, so that way I don't go stir-crazy and whatnot, but it's like the challenge day in and day out of this Groundhog Day scenario that's not a pleasant one in our overall livelihood. More bad news, it feels like, day after day. The harsh reality of everything that's going on with COVID-19, if you're in New York, if you're in New Jersey, if you're in Connecticut, if you're anywhere across the 50 states of America, or the world, for that matter, this is something you are dealing with. And I know, I've said it multiple, multiple times, that our little world of sports seems really insignificant 
when you talk about and when you measure up against the grand scheme of things. That is absolutely true. And I think we all totally get that. But it's also okay to say, you know, I've seen some of this on the internet. I totally disagree. The idea of like people saying, oh, wondering when games are going to come back, when sports are going to come back. It's okay to do that. Like that's, you know, not a crime. It's not a travesty. It's what you love. It's what I love. It's why I'm here. It's why you're here. It's why we do what we do. If there wasn't that like passion and that energy and that desire for games night after night, for takes night after night, I can only imagine what I'd be doing. Might be selling insurance somewhere on the street. I don't know. Might be singing for my supper. I have no idea what the profession would be for me. So I think in the healing process, and I know for many of you, there are far more serious things going on in the world. Having an outlet to escape a little bit, to kind of vent a little bit, to get your mind off of the harsh reality of day after day trying to figure out what in the world you're going to do. That's why I'm here. And these next few weeks and these next few months, I'll be honest, they're not going to be overly pleasant. We should have been sitting there watching baseball games go on. We should, well, maybe not in New York, but you get my drift. There would have been some baseball being played. And oh, by the way, we would have had the Sweet 16 in the Elite Eight of the NCAA tournament. But that reality goes out the window right now. And you hope that people are following the guidelines. You know that these next couple weeks, it's going to get worse before it gets better. But I hope we're sitting here at some point celebrating in, I don't know, late June or early July or mid-July, whenever it is, the return of what we love to watch and what we love to do, which is sitting there watching sports on a night-in and night-out basis. And this weekend for me was very limited as far as the sports old-school-wise that I consumed. I got to admit. You know, during the week, I went through Game 7 of that World Series. I went through 95. You know, I had some more time on my hands, number one. Number two, Thursday was opening day, so I was kind of like feeling that nostalgia. I needed that nostalgia. This weekend, not much. It was far more Netflix. It was far more reading. It was far more running and just distracting myself in that way. And I worked on Saturday night, so you got to throw that into the equation. Anyway, what I did stumble upon, though, And this was just me flipping the channels, trying to find something to watch, getting off of Back to the Future 2, which, by the way, is one of my favorite all-time movies. One of those movies that when you see it on TV, it never, ever gets old. Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Biff Tannen, Leah Thompson. I mean, it's a great movie. The second one I actually think is better than the first. And we'll get into a couple of the theories I have on the second one later in the show. Because you know what? I can do that. On this sort of night. I can have a little fun. I can escape a little bit. I need to. And I think all you need to. Nonetheless. I stumble upon a Christmas Day game. From 1994. And I watched about 20 minutes of it. Give or take. Right before I ate dinner. Scotty Pippen and the Chicago Bulls. Going off. On the Ewing. Oakley. Starks. Anthony Mason led New York Knickerbockers. You got Pat Riley in his Armani suits on the sideline. Pat Riley with the slick back hair. You got Phil Jackson looking all sorts of disheveled on the Bulls sideline. And we know Phil Jackson ended up 
cleaning up a little bit more and winning that many more championships until he came here and was a total nightmare as an executive. But in watching that game for 15 to 20 minutes, you know what it rekindled? It rekindled the hate. And I mean the absolute hate that me as a young kid had towards the Chicago Bulls. I couldn't stand those teams. Jordan, Pippen, Kukoc, Horace Grant for a couple of years, then it was Dennis Rodman for a couple of years, Kerr, Wennington, Ron Harper, B.J. Armstrong. I hated the Chicago Bulls. And they are, without a doubt to me, one of the teams that I would look at that through my years as a sports fan, I rooted against more than any other. And it was for two reasons. One, they were damn good. Let's call it like it is. It was the shock and awe value of what Michael Jordan could do on the court. It was Phil's triangle offense. Then you combine that with the fact that the Knicks could never, ever beat them. And beat them when it mattered. Losing playoff games. Losing game seven. The Charles Smith debacle when the Knicks were the number one seed and they had this incredible home winning streak. Losing that one. The only time the Knicks got by Chicago is when Michael Jordan, for whatever the reason, the passing of his father, elements within the community as far as maybe not paying his debts. I've read a few of those theories over the years. I think there's a good amount of validity in them. Maybe that's why Michael Jordan decided to take a hiatus. So maybe it was Michael Jordan basically saying, I want to play baseball. I need a break. Who knows? That'll go down as one of those great unsolved mysteries. That'll be one of those great conspiracy theories that we can talk about 20, 30, 40, 50 years after the fact. Because knowing anything you know about Michael Jordan, there is not a chance in hell you're going to get that information. You're just not. Jordan is not going to share that in some like tell-all. Maybe he will in this uh, ESPN 30 for 30 they're doing. Don't count on it. Don't count on it. I don't think the gambling theories are coming into play. I wish they were, but it'll be good. It won't be that good. But it has me wondering. What teams, and I don't want it to be as simplistic, folks, as I'm a Yankee fan, therefore I hate the Red Sox, or I'm a Mets fan, therefore I hate the Yankees, or I hate the Braves, but a specific group over a period of time, could be over two years, could be over three years, could be over five years, that you absolutely detested from a sports standpoint. The Bulls are absolutely there on that list for me because the Knicks could never beat them. Every year seeing Chicago in the NBA Finals. Every year seeing Chicago win the NBA Finals. And knowing they were the team that the Knickerbockers had to get past. They are very, very high on my list. Then, of course, I'm going to look at the early 2000 Boston Red Sox. Really, the mid-2000 Boston Red Sox. 03, 04, 05, 06, 07. That Manny, Big Poppy. Pedro Martinez, Kurt Schilling, Jason Veritek, Trot Nixon. Couldn't stand any of those guys. And if you're a Yankee fan, as far as teams that you rooted against with an absolute passion, 
How are they not number one on the list? Considering how good they were, and you also take into account what they did to the New York Yankees in 2004. The idiots, as they say. But the idiots evolved, in a way. But those central personalities, Schilling, Pedro, for years, it was almost a decade, decade plus with Big Poppy, David Ortiz, Manny Ramirez, Kevin Millar. I mean, you couldn't stand him with the cowboy up. That group of Boston Red Sox enraged you if you're a Yankee fan. Now, you grew up in the 1970s. It might be George Brett and his Kansas City Royals. That might be the team. Maybe it's the Houston Astros currently if you're a younger Yankee fan and you didn't really experience the peak of the rivalry as we know it. And make no mistake, Yankees-Red Sox was fun in 2018 when it happened. The tension, the animosity on every pitch from every fan in that building at Yankee Stadium, the old one, or at Fenway Park, you could feel it. And even if you weren't a Yankee or a Boston Red Sox fan, those games were must-see TV. If you're a Celtics fan over the years, it goes without saying, it's the Lakers. If you're a Laker fan over the years, it goes without saying, it's the Celtics. For the Mets fan listening to the album, they're going to tell you it's maybe those late 90s Atlanta Braves teams. You grew up with Piazza and you grew up with Elgardo Alfonso and you grew up with Al Leiter and Johnny Franco and those teams that were pretty darn good for Bobby Valentine. Could never seem to get past Atlanta. Losing to them down the stretch in 98 in order to get into the playoffs. 99 in the NLCS. 2001 late in the year and the year the Mets went to the World Series in 2000, let's be fair, did not have to go through the Braves as the Braves got knocked off in the Division Series that year. So, I'm sure for each individual fan base, Jeff fans may be looking at Marino for a point, or the younger Jeff fan, or really, Jeff fan over the last two decades, I'm sure maybe has that sort of anger and that sort of passion in a negative way towards Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And I've gotten to a point with those guys, I gotta be honest with you, I was so just enamored and floored by what they did over two-plus decades in a league in which, you know, the salary cap is in place, and that is not supposed to happen in any way, shape, or form, that my hatred from, like, that 18-1 Patriot team kind of faded into a respect. That's what happens when you're that good for that long. It's like, what exactly are you supposed to do? And it's not like the Jets or my team, the Miami Dolphins, had so many chances of taking down the evil empire. I mean, the Jets technically did it once in 2010, going up there and winning. But as far as winning a division title, as far as slowing the momentum in any way, the Jets, the Bills, the Dolphins, they had no chance of doing so. So I admit, my hatred towards the Patriots, it's not what it was for the Red Sox in the mid-2000s. It's not what it was for the Chicago Bulls in the 1990s. So, this is going to be our exercise throughout the show. I know you guys have been watching sports for a long, long time. And you have teams that you love. 
and you have years in which the teams had some pretty darn good years. Or maybe it's years in which the team wasn't very good. But who was that group? Who were those particular players, individuals, that were together for a couple of years that you absolutely couldn't stand? Very, very curious to see where you guys are going to go with this. Giving you two off the top of my head. Mid-2000s Boston Red Sox. 90s Chicago Bulls. Two teams I'd like to erase from the history books, if you know what I mean. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.